Welcome to a special edition of Top Docs. In this Anatomy of a Scene, Ken Jacobson talks with Pedro Cos about a scene from his documentary, Rebel Hearts. The scene in question is the 1967 Immaculate Heart General Assembly. And in this scene, the nuns of Immaculate Heart are determined to bring a progressive vision and more flexible practices into the daily life and mission of their monastery. But when the Archbishop of Los Angeles views this as a direct threat, the nuns are faced with a life-altering choice, back away from their ideals or continue to fight for what they believe in. In this scene, Pedro draws upon all the tools in his creative toolbox to bring this critical event to life and deliver a powerful emotional punch to the audience. And if you're interested in following along, the scene takes place from 5744 to 10147. Uh, Rebel Hearts is available on Discovery Plus. Enjoy this conversation with Ken and Pedro. Basically, it's the General Assembly scene that leads into the decrees and ends with Cardinal McIntyre's response. You probably know this backwards and forwards. I know you do. So before this moment, we see that they are facing all sorts of pressures, both from outside, from the patriarchy, and from within. And there was a group of sisters in, within the order, with, within the Immaculate Heart order, that were opposed to the reforms or opposed to the changes. And they were informing the Cardinal about the reforms and the comings and goings of the discussions of the habit reforms, all sorts of reforms. And that was already building up the pushback from the Cardinal's office and the local Los Angeles archdiocese. But despite that, they continued and they convened their 1967 special assembly. And that we were very much determined on our uh, progression. By the time we came to 1967, we had an assembly for the community as a whole to vote for all the changes that we had been introducing. So right here, just as we start this general assembly scene, I love the fact that you start in animation with what's essentially an establishing shot of the building, the church building where the assembly is going to take place. So for me, this raised the question, you know, you probably didn't have a ton of archival material of the buildings and so forth. You do have some for sure, but your decision to, to start with an establishing shot, which typically would be in live action and you chose to animate it, which I thought was a really interesting choice. And then that leads into this moment, which we're freezing on here, which is hearing testing one, two, which is an indication that we are going to be brought directly into the General Assembly through a real audio recording of the events. And I love the visual cue here of the microphone, which kind of tells us that's what we're gonna experience. So can you talk about just these first few shots in this sequence? I like that you called out the establishing shot as a animated. The animation is the extraordinary, brilliant Una Lawrenson, who's an Icelandic animator based in, in Montreal, Canada. Judy was so integral in, in bringing her on. We wanted something that really communicated and really felt very much like Carita's art and in the way that it, and it's lay and it's beautiful layers. So that was really a starting point for the animation. And the animation also had to set up 
the it's the character animation so it sets up the characters and their relationship to one another and one of the things that we wanted to convey the audience was the relationship between the mother house which embodies the order and the cathedral which embodies the patriarchy throughout the film you see a lot of back and forth between these two places throughout the animation of the film and when we're framing a certain place or a certain order in relationship to the larger story we actually go back to animation sort of an animation establishing shots it was a way to dialogue and frame it within a certain relationship and we're coming out of an animated sequence what that relationship is very much emphasized because the previous sequence is the patriarchy the archdiocese trying to control the sisters and putting pressure upon them and they kind of turned the tables and said no we're still going to do this that's the, the big reason why we stayed within that animation world because it's still informing on that relationship and how that relationship is evolving i also just wanted to bring in the music here because the music plays such a key part in this sequence and it starts out very softly and then it's going to build and it's both the original music composed by your composer and this great song, Rebel Heart by First Aid Kit that we're gonna to get to. Let's play a bit more here. Everybody had been studying the issues and we were quite well prepared for this assembly. These are conditions before us. These are working conditions in schools. Freedom to regulate our own prayer life, our habit, our cultural life, and freedom for individual responsibility in civil and social causes. I had trepidation only, you know, for politically what, what might happen to us. We have a very, a very powerful, a very large archdiocese. We'd have to be very careful, or we, even by changing things at this state, we might jeopardize everything. In this part of the sequence, we're really getting into the words, the spoken words at the assembly and the stakes are becoming very clear. The women know what's at stake, everything is at stake, and yet they are going to go forward. You're also bringing in little snippets of in-sync interviews. So talk about, if you could, how you incorporated those into the sequence. And then I would just know in terms of the music, it's beginning to develop here with some new elements. This piece of score, this cue, gets to the core of Ariel's genius. The first time I heard, she did a previous iteration and once she did this iteration, I, it brought tears. I was so moved that I was devoid of language. I was, I had no words and I said, I just said, wow. The strings, the aleatoric strings are the questioning and the doubting, but they're really debating and they're really looking at the consequences. This was not a sudden decision. This was not an impulsive decision. They thought this out very carefully and they tested it out and they questioned it and they questioned one another and they debated and yet they persevered and they continued. If you listen to just this cue by itself, you will get that emotional journey. There was trepidation there was fear, but there was an underlying hope that never let go. And that hope crescendos and it leads to action. 
this audio, these recordings of these meetings are a treasure trove. We found them in the Immaculate Heart archives. I fell on my chair and I, it was like, hallelujah, the, the, you know, the, the, sky, the sky opened and it was like, oh my God, jackpot. Wow, this is gold. This is more valuable than gold because it brought you into the process and it brought that to life. But we still needed to be guided and frame their experiences because otherwise we wouldn't be able to contextualize this moment and what it meant. Anita and Dorothy Dunn do that so beautifully and Lenore as well. In order to understand the stakes, we needed to bring in the, the firsthand account of the, the interviews. The use of the motion graphics here, can you talk just a bit about that? This is Emma Berliner's genius. We knew that we wanted to do these audio visualizations, bringing the words to life, the words that were being spoken in these audio recordings. And Judy Corn, our extraordinary producer, Emma and I worked very closely on developing the language. And we started with something that was more layered. We wanted to bring in elements of the arc, so grounded elements like photographs, not only the words, but we personified the meetings. We bring in elements of, from photographs to have a layered approach as well. But what we saw, we had too much before. We we're trying to be a little bit closer to Karita's art, but it was too distracting. And so Judy kept encouraging us to pull back and to really get to the essence of it. What we came to and what kind of unifies everything in the film is these textures, these layers, and what the background texture is. I always said on, for every department, I want this film to feel tactile. I want you feel like you can touch it. I want to see the dust. I want to see the layers. I want to see the crevices and the, the imperfections. And so we kept simplifying the overall, making it less busy, but leaning into the textures. And the textures that you see in the animation, that in every single motion graphic and animation throughout this. And this is where Emma, Judy, and I landed, was having that really palpable, that, that tactile texture with real-world elements of photographs from the time and, and the words. You could freeze it at almost any point in these motion graphics scenes, and it's a beautiful image unto itself. We knew Cardinal McIntyre had told us very early that unless we stopped our course of making changes, that we would pay dearly. So the strings are starting to build here. And the pace is, I think, quickening a bit. The stakes are being raised. What, if, what we want is really larger than the structure. Well, that's okay. And that's what we're wanting. And I think therein is going to be our contribution to the church. My feeling was that those in authority in the archdiocese were intrusive and unjust. And that as women religious, we could determine our own destiny. It was time to just take the bull by the horns and uh, vote for all the changes. The will of the community will be determined by vote. I, I love that you pull the music out here. That's just so powerful. What in what we just saw brings back memories of your uh, post-production process that you can share with us. 
<laughs> what comes back was we actually had the the radio cut of we had the cut of this pretty pretty early on and it was I keep going back to that first time I heard the cue from Ariel and how moved I was and also the audio recordings and how such a crucial part of the the process we had markers all through them that basically wrote I'm just I'm literally going through the markers and seeing what was the will of the community will be turned by vote and everything that they sought how they questioned how thorough they were and that's what comes back to mind is there because there's so much more of these recordings their debates are amazing and inspiring and there's hours and hours of this so I actually go back to the raw material and how much of it there was a great use of the still of the nuns as a group, as a class, as a community. This is the moment. Like, okay, we've debated and here we go. Are we going to do this as a community? And the, the will of the community will be determined by a vote. Are we going to take the step? We know what the consequences could be. It was important to take a step back and get like a feel of the community as a whole. And that's what they're about to do. assembly came what are essentially our decrees on the spirit in which we govern ourselves. I was aware that something great was happening. The ground was beginning to, to break underneath. As I look back on it now, I see it as, as really a, a marvelous, incredible statement of women. must have been a terrible shock for the Cardinal because he'd never come up against anything like this before. The eye twitch always gets me. The, the Cardinal's eye twitch is so funny. Always gets me. Oh, no, so brilliant. So there's so much here to talk about, but can you talk about that song Rebel Heart? How was it Tracy McKnight that turned you on to that? Or did you know it? How did you find it? And how did you end up putting it here? That song actually was found and brought in. It was not, 
by our editor, Yaniv Alani. He's a big fan of First Aid Kit. And we were discussing the scene and what the scene needed. He sent the first cut and it had this song in it. And I actually was, I did not know the song. I was not very familiar with First Aid Kit. And I was like, yes, Yaniv, that's brilliant. And he just did such a beautiful job and kind of really nailed the spirit of what this moment meant and the momentous moment of it. And the, the inspiration, the defiance, the spirit, we, we kept working on it. And then the visual language took a lot of work to really hone in. They're really the genius motion graphics artists. And this was really worked on Emma Berliner and again, Juan Del Khan, who both who worked on the opening. They were the ones that really focused on the motion graphics of the decrees coming to life. And if you look at the, the kerning and the typography, they're uneven at first. And once they become decree, once they're passed, once that the gavel is hit, then it snaps into unison and formation. And then it, it, it flies past. So we are flying through these decrees as they are coming into formation and they're being set in stone when the kerning becomes more uniform and straight and then flies by. And, and the gavel is the light kind of triggers that kind of bright light flash and that something is is passed. That's the will of the community, right? That's the spirit. That's their spirit saying, this is us. This is us. This is who we are. And we come out with animation where we began the sequence. Yes. And we get flying nuns. We get flying nuns. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to call out that's such a beautiful, brilliant job is take that scene of flying nuns and compare it to the first animation scene and contrast it. You can trace the arc of like the first scene is uniform. It is very basic lines, very basic geometric lines. And look at the color palette more rigid, black and white, darker colors. When you see the flying nuns, it's almost it's like Easter. It's these beautiful pastels. It is this kind of rebirth, right? And so that's the beautiful trajectory of this animation that evolves and it echoes. And it's a parallel visual journey that parallels the Immaculate Hearts themselves, their awakening. So that was really kind of integral to bring that arc to life via the animation as well, visually. And of course, it ends up, first of all, the documents, as is the case with the nuns, soar upward, fly up, and then they sink back, fall back down to earth. And that takes us to the rigid geometric lines of the cardinal and his bold, dark colors of the black and the red and the blue. Exactly. And there are some great pictures. The cardinals wear red and it's, it's this beautiful bright red. You can't really see in the archival footage because it's in black and white. But if you look at a picture of cardinals today, it's still the same beautiful bright red. Like the, this red that we're looking at, the anger bubble. It's that bright red of the cardinals red. <laughs> so anything else to add about this sequence? One of the things that I want to highlight that this sequence really brings to life is the community that it took to bring to life. You just played a sequence that contains almost every element that we have in the film that we were working with. We're working with documents that we found. We were working first and foremost with Shawnee's extraordinary interviews. We're working with audio archival. We were working with pictures, photographs from either cut out or in full. We were working with archival materials. The ones that you see here of them walking is, I think, are from a couple different sources, NBC being one of them. And 
we work with the motion graphics, bringing these elements to life, and also the animation and the music, the original score that embodies that the lead up and the, the beautiful needle drops, as we call them, the licensed songs. It's a real embodiment of the community that it took to create Rebel Hearts, this film of incredible artists from Una Lawrenson, the animator Judy Corin, our producer, to Tracy McKnight, Yaniv Alani, Aaron Barnett. Like the Immaculate Hearts, we were a community as well, and it took the geniuses of many different artists to bring this little stretch to life. Hats off to everybody. 